those that don't know, I'm, I'm John, and I'm a bus driver for the BCTA, and I've been attending here almost nine years. I attend mostly, yeah, it seems like yesterday, but yeah, it's been a long time. I attend mostly at the Franklin Avenue campus, so I would like to give you greetings from the Franklin Avenue campus, and I want to thank you all for partnering with us so we can have a different expression of the Gospel Tabs Family on Mission down on Franklin Avenue. It's been a joy being there. It's coming up to almost a year that we've been down there after the relaunch, so that's awesome. So I do appreciate that. Whew. Let's just pray for a moment. Lord Jesus, I just thank you, Lord God, for this time. I thank you for this family. I thank you, Lord God, for the opportunities, Lord, just to dig into your word today. And I just pray also, Lord God, that, that you would just use me to glorify you. God, just wash away anything that is not of you. And Lord God, just help me to communicate your love and your goodness and the call that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We've been going through the covenants uh, for Advent. It's been a really joyful time. And in a moment, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 19. Um, so, but I wanted to just give a little refresher where we're at with the covenants. You know, so it's going to be a good time. So God's good. You know, one thing. I picked this up one time. Has anyone ever seen these? I think it's such a great idea. But I could never do it. I knew someone who had had a, a uh, toilet plunger, and he tied a, a, a bouncy ball to it, and he could do it with the toilet ball. But, you know, I can't do this. And so I've had this for years, and, and I can't do it. Now, how many people can do this? We got, oh, Shelby can do it. Yeah. So, so we got some people who can do that. I can never do that, even though I would want to. All right, back to that. Okay, let's go over here. Also, something since I moved here, I only use my printer uh, once a year when I do my taxes. So I didn't have my printer up working, so I'm going to do this off my phone. So here we go. The morning refresher. Okay, our Advent series is on the covenant. And so far we looked at uh, Noah's covenant and Abraham's covenant. And so I just, that you know, we have two different services, so I just want to make sure we're on the same page. Uh, what is a covenant? This is from the Bible Project. A covenant is a relationship between two partners uh, make binding promise to each other and work together to reach to a common goal. They often are accompanied by oaths, covenants, divine obligations, and commitments, but they are different from a contract because they are relational and personal. All right. So ultimately, the covenant is about a partnership. And uh, throughout Scripture, you know, so often uh, uh, people look at the Old Covenant and New Covenant. But you know that the Bible was broken into the New Testament and the Old Testament. And the word testament means covenant or agreement. Uh, 
So right away in the scripture, we have this idea of this partnership and it's coming. And some notable partnerships that we have in the Old Testament is the very first one is Adam. God's covenant with Adam. We know uh, they didn't do too well. And that brought separation, the fallen nature, and that's a whole different sermon. But uh, it brought all this, and this, ever since then, we're working to get back into proper partnership, ever since uh, the covenant with, with Adam. Then we have the covenant with Noah, the covenant with Abraham, and um, the covenant with Moses, which is really the covenant with Israel. We call it the Mosaic Covenant, and that's what we're going to be looking in today. But it's really the covenant with Israel. And it, it's, a, it's a change because the covenant with Adam and Eve, the covenant with Noah, the covenant with Abraham were family covenants. And all of a sudden here, we have the Mosaic Covenant, which is a national covenant with Israel. And then next week, they're going to be talking about the Davidic Covenant. So all these covenants point to Jesus. Right from the beginning in Genesis 3.15, in Genesis 3.15, this is in the Message Bible. This is what's saying as, as the Lord uh, sets up the covenant there. I am declaring war between you and the woman, between your offsprings and hers. He will wound your head and you'll wound his heel. So as we see, as we go through all these covenants, they're all pointing to Jesus. Right, right from that back beginning with, with, with Adam and Eve, this idea of the bruising of the heel. And uh, that is pointing to Jesus. And as they go through the, the, old, the redemptive story, you'll see that further, further being clarified as they point to Jesus. So, so going back to the reference here, um, it's all about partnerships. And the biggest thing we know is humans are bad partners. We're terrible at it. We're terrible at partnerships. We're terrible at keeping covenants. And that's what we see as we go through the scripture. So let's go into the Mosaic Covenant. Now, part of this story here in the Mosaic Covenant is we're coming to this. This is where uh, God has delivered the people of Israel out of Egypt. We have the whole Passover, which is powerful today because because communion has to do with Passover, and communion was instituted at a Passover Seder by Jesus. So, so this is really awesome that it just falls that, or unless it was planned that it falls this, but it's awesome that today we did communion. But this Mosaic Covenant came about. They left uh, Egypt. God delivered them. And God set up a new thing, a new covenant, okay? Because Adam failed, Noah failed, Abraham failed. And here is this new covenant that's coming about, and it's put on by Moses. And Moses goes up and receives from the Lord this covenant. And it's found in, in, in chapter 19 here in Exodus. Starting with verse 3. And Moses went up to God, and the Lord called him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did 
to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you will be a special treasure to me above all people. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. So Moses came and called the elders, and I don't think I put this up on the scripture there. Okay, so Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before them all these words which the Lord commanded him. Then all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. So Moses brought back the words of the people the words of the people to the Lord. So here we see this covenant being started. And and not only did Moses received it, he went and told the whole nation, and the nation agreed. They're saying, We will do this. Now God's side's pretty good. Cool. He says it's gonna be a you're gonna be a treasured people. You're gonna be a treasured people. You're gonna be people of priests, you're gonna be a royal nation, all this awesome stuff. So, so the people did this. Then the Lord went up again and received the Ten Commandments. Received the Ten Commandments. And, and I'm not going to go through them all now. You've heard these before. But these commandments are part of the Mosaic Covenant. And we know it as the law. The law is this Ten Commandments. Now, as we go on in this, 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 this covenant... Um, it's very important to remember that this is a national partnership. This is a national partnership. It's the whole people together. And that's why we saw, the, uh, just we finished the books of Nehemiah uh, and Ezra. And, and in those books, we see the people coming together to what? To get a part, part of this national covenant. They're rebuilding these national institutions. And, and, and again, you see the failure. This is happening afterwards. So, so this covenant, you know, I think God, well, I know God knew they were going to fail. God knew they were going to fail. And we see in Scripture um, that a little later on about this. So this national covenant and the results of this partnership that God is faithful and Israel is faithless. The failure of Israel to keep the covenant shows that we cannot be good on our own. We need help. We need help. And that goes today. We cannot be good on our own. We need help. There is a, a world out there trying to be good on their own and they're failing. There are some people who are trying to do good things on their own, and they fail. We need help. Uh, I like some qu quotes I'm going to read from Donald Stamps. You might ask, well, who is Donald Stamps? Donald Stamps was a missionary to South America. And Donald Stamps, while he was there, the South American church exploded. And all of a sudden, Donald Stamps had all these new pastors with these new churches 
um, doing all these great things from God, but they were, were running against problems and issues and not understanding the things of God, not understanding the Bible. So, so Donald Stamps, in Spanish, did his own version of the Bible Project. Like, we love the Bible Project. It has the introduction of the books. So he wrote uh, something that he could take for all the Spanish, because he could not find a, a, a cohesive thing. So he took all the books of the Bible, and he wrote an in-depth introduction in Spanish, because his, the church was exploding down there. And all the ministers needed help. They needed resources. And they couldn't find, he couldn't find it in Spanish. So he writes this, this, this whole uh, book uh, going along with the Bible, with all the introductions. Then he went and did all these articles. And later on, it was put into a Spanish Bible that he would give out to all of his pastors as the church exploded. And I mean, a great revival came out of South America when he was there. And, and as he writes this, it was later translated into English and called the Full Life Study Bible. And it has all these great introductions to every book and all these great articles. And now it's republished called the Fire Bible. So if you ever have an opportunity to pick up a fire Bible, you're in a yard sale, you see a fire Bible there, buy it, because it has great stuff in it. Anyway, that's who Donald Stamps is. Sorry about that. So, But this is what Donald Stamps says he has uh, about the covenant. The Old Testament law and covenant were not complete in themselves, nor were they intended to be permanent. The law temporarily guided and protected God's people until Christ came. Christ came. This is what Galatians 3, 2, 24 says. Therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ that we may be justified by faith. So this Mosaic covenant, all these covenants are again pointing to Christ. And here in the New Testament saying that the law was teaching us that we needed Christ, pointing us to Christ, pointing us to Christ. Going back to Donald Stamp's quote again, the old covenant has now been fulfilled by the new covenant. Through this new agreement, God has fully revealed his plan of salvation to the rescued people from the ultimate destruction of sin and restored them to a personal relationship with himself. This is accomplished through Jesus Christ. But the thing is, Jesus did not come to change the law. He came to fulfill it. And in Matthew 5, 17, it says this, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill them. And Donald stamps again, and I know... I'm reading a lot from him, but I can't say it any better. This does not mean that the moral principles of the law are no longer necessary or important for us today. God's standard of moral purity and truth still apply, and God's Spirit now helps us to live by these standards in a way we never could have done without him. Under the new covenant, God promised us 
promise to put his law in his people's minds and hearts. Amen. So here we have this Mosaic Covenant. And, and I'm so glad we're talking about this because a lot of times we just go through church life without realizing the whole story of redemption. And it starts from Adam right through to Jesus and then to us personally. But we are new covenant people. And that's so important for us to, to realize. We are new covenant people. And all the covenants had actions that go with it. You know, where Adam came about, they started the practice of, of sacrifices. You know, so Adam came and all of a sudden we're doing sacrifices. The first sacrifice was done by God himself as he killed and clothed Adam and Eve. And we see the failure in the sacrificial system with the two sons. So where Adam practiced sacrifice, Noah had the rainbow. You know, he had sacrifice too. It's interesting, all of them had sacrifice. But Noah had that rainbow, that promise that God would never do that again. And it's interesting with that rainbow, it, it's so powerful to me. You know, scientists tell us that before the flood, and the Bible talks about it too, that the earth was covered with a ferment. The earth, it didn't rain. It didn't rain. And, and, and there was just so much moisture. And then when the flood came, the, 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 the water above and the water below came up and the earth flooded and all that. And all of a sudden, we get a rainbow to promise that God was not going to wash the world that way again. And so, so Noah had the rainbow. Uh, Abraham had circumcision. Ouch. And he's Abraham and circumcision at Franklin Avenue. Bree shared, and she says, "Well, wonder why." And 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 she she processed, and this is this is from Bree. It's really interesting that circumcision is a mark, because that's how the the mark of God's image is passed down, is through procreation. You know, so it's not surprising that there's circumcision, because that's where God's image is passed down to the next generation. Anyway, and so Moses and the, the Israelites had the law. So, so, but we are new covenant people. So what do we have? We have our entrance to the covenant by a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. When we say, Jesus, come into my heart, be Lord of my life, we have the entrance into the covenant. We become part of the covenant people. And the cool thing is this, is that the new covenant is both personal and national. And the church is the new Israel. And we are, are entering a covenant together. But it comes first. When we accept Jesus as the Lord of our life. When we say, Christ, come in, be Lord of my life, come in, forgive me my sins, we enter into this covenant relationship, this partnership with God. 
He is our partner. We are his partner. And, and so that covenant relationship starts right there. Then we also come into the family on mission, the partnership with those that are other people that are in that covenant relationship. So, so we enter that. We proclaim that partnership when we are baptized. But baptism does not enter us into the partnership. Okay? Just as circumcision uh, didn't save the, the children of Abraham. And later on, Paul says, you need to circumcise your heart. Okay, what enters us into that covenant is our personal decision, our personal relationship with Jesus. But when we are baptized, we're proclaiming to everybody that we're part of the covenant family. So when, when, when people stand up here in, in the gospel tab, they are asked some questions. And, and, and they're proclaiming, we're a partner. This is the four questions they ask. Do you know that you've been saved from death to eternal life through the cross of Jesus Christ? And we've seen it every time it's a baptism. Two, is it your intention to follow Jesus all the days of your life? Three, do you reject and renounce Satan, his works in the kingdom of darkness? And then number four, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Who is Jesus? So here we're entering the covenant by our personal decision to follow Jesus, accepting what he did for us on the cross, and then we're proclaiming we're part of the covenant when we get baptized. It's not just a time for people to have a good testimony and get dunked in the water. They are proclaiming that I am part of this covenant. I am part of this bigger thing, this partnership. This partnership not with people of this earth, not with the empire, the partnership with the kingdom of God and God himself. And it's a partnership that he's set up. And it's so cool. And we renew this partnership every time we take communion. Every time we take communion, we're renewing the partnership. We're saying, I am part of this covenant. Uh, I think Steve referenced it uh, in the passage, but Luke says this. Likewise, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. We are renewing this covenant. It's so cool. We take that cup, you think, I get a new deal. I don't have to get circumcised. I don't have to. I don't have to depend on the sacrificial system. There's a new deal. I just have to accept his love, be part of his covenant people. You know, that's a renewal. That is a renewal. We are part of this covenant, this partnership. So every time we take the communion, we're saying to the partner, you know, this Advent season, we've got these candles up here. It's wonderful, okay? With the Advent season, it's, it's a reminder of this partnership, okay? Um, the, the, the traditional candles are actually named and numbered. Um, the, the first one is hope. Sometimes they call it the promise candle. The, the second is the preparation candle. Sometimes they call that the prophecy candle the prophecy candle, but it's a preparation. Today is the joy 
candle. You know what? We can have joy unshakable because not what we do, but what He does. And we can have joy because we are taking part of this covenant. We are taking part of His partnership. You know, this partnership is something that is so good and so wholesome and so fresh. Amen. The last one, the fourth candle, is the love candle. But all these things in the Advent remind us of this partnership, helps us to remember what we're in it for. You know, one thing, when I moved here, uh, well, it's a long time ago now. But when I moved here, I started attending uh, Saturday night services at uh, the Community of Celebration. They're very liturgical. I came from a church that was very not liturgical. You know, we wouldn't have an Advent candle in the church I went to. Now, that's a church I got saved in. I grew up in a Methodist church. We did have Advent there, but I started getting into this liturgical uh, calendar, and the community of celebration is very much church calendar. And I started realizing, you know what? The church calendar, you know, as, as someone who has a Pentecostal background, we're like, oh, that's dry, dead religion, you know. But the church calendar, it was refreshing because it reminds me of God's covenant, through, through the year. It comes back and keeps reminding me that I'm in a partnership with someone who saves the world. I'm in a partnership with someone who delivers. I'm in a partnership that someone wants to use me. And the cool thing is this. I can't do this. Let's stop right there. I can't believe I usually can't do this. But you know what? If I put it in here all the time, I can do it. The thing is, we're bad at partnerships. See? Now, back to it. We're bad at partnerships. I'm bad at this. And sometimes, just like I did now, we get the partnership right, but most of the time we blow it. The good thing with the new partnership, the new deal, is Christ is going to help us do it. It's like every time he's putting it on the note. You say, listen to some scriptures that we see. Okay. God himself helps us keep the covenant. See, that's what we learned in the Old Testament. We can't do it ourselves. The Old Covenant, we can't do it. God helps us keep the covenant. Matthew eleven twenty nine 29 says this, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. He's saying, Come, join with me. I'll carry your burden. That's part of the covenant. That's part of the covenant. He's not saying, don't try. Don't go for it. Don't try. He's saying, try, and I'll help you do it. 
We need to still hold on to these things that we see set up in the divine story. And, and the Ten Commandments are still valid. They're still good. They're still proper for us to pursue. But when we fail, we need to know this, that God is there to help us through, help us to make a way. This is what he says in, in 2 Peter 1, and I love this. 2 Peter 1, 3. As his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue. You know, here we see in the New Testament in Peter saying that everything, we have everything for life and godliness. I can be victorious over my fallen nature because my partnership with Jesus Christ. I can be victorious. I can I have the tools to work through my learning disabilities. I have the tools to overcome my addictive personality. Why? Because of what he has done. And I need to say, okay, I am not proud of my shortcomings. I'm not going to celebrate my shortcomings, but I'm going to admit I have shortcomings and I need Jesus to help me overcome them. And that's what the church needs to be about, is not saying, oh, it's all right, it's all right. It'll all work out in the end. No, it's not all right. God wants us to pursue godliness, but he's given us the tools to do it. He's given us the ways to do it. He's given us a path to follow. And you know what? There's blessings in that. There is blessings in living righteous lives. God helps us. God helps us. Over my mantle, I put the... We, my, my wife and I put the scripture, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. I was sitting there praying in my, in my living room uh, this week, and we put all of our, our stockings for our kids and grandkids, and I'm like, wow, that's a lot of stockings up there. But it's right under that, seek first the kingdom of God. And I'm like, those stockings are there because God has called us to pursue his kingdom. And, and, and that's right. That's good. And we need to know that he's helping us to do that. He helps us. Just like I can't do this all the time, but if I put it in, it always. I'm 100% if I have some help. God helps us. The good thing is this. If we blow it, he forgives. If we blow it, he forgives. This is one of my favorite verses, and Steve quoted it already today. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. That's what Steve quoted. But it goes on, and it says, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's an awesome verse. Because when I blow it, I know where I can go to get clean. And that's through Jesus Christ. And he does that, and he pricks our heart for that. Okay, the key to this is this forgiveness and this cleansing requires our confession. You know, when we blow it in our partnership, 
It's not like we just can say, oh, I blew it. God will forgive me. No. We have to confess it. There are a lot of times that we go through life and say, well, okay, I know Jesus did it for me. I don't have to do anything about it. The Scripture says clearly that we need to confess. We need to confess. Later on in James, everybody likes the passage where um, the, the prayer of a righteous man will availeth much. We like that passage. We can read that in James. But right before it, it says, confess your sins one another. Then the prayer of a righteous man will avail much. You know, we have to know that the power of prayer is connected to confession. The power of prayer is also connecting to whether we forgive people. You know what the Lord's Prayer says? Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. There are a lot of people that are dealing with sickness and disease and shame that will never get over it until they forgive somebody. There's a lot. I, I really believe this. We we're praying for healing in the house. If you want healing, check your heart. Is there any unforgiveness? Anyway, that's a free one. But go for it. Because, you know, I, I was at a service with John Arnott, who was a, a, a pastor at the airport vineyard for many years. And, and he had this sermon about forgiveness. You know, he, he, he had this sermon about forgiveness, a simple sermon about forgiveness. And after he preached on this, um, hundreds of people in the room were healed. But he had this sermon about forgiveness. Later on, he met with a smaller group of people, and he said, you know what? I love to preach that sermon on forgiveness because that's what brings the healing about in my, in my ministry. It's because if people haven't dealt with unforgiveness, they are under the law and not stepped up into grace. In the kingdom is about grace. Remember that. The new covenant's about grace. Anyway, that's another good teaching. Okay. Our partnership gives us purpose. Our partnership as a covenant people gives us purpose. One of the things that we came, we came to, to Aliquippa and we started doing church shopping. Now, if people know my background, this is the first time I ever church shopped. I never looked for a church before because all through my life, I was always hired to come to a church. So, so here, uh, we never, as a couple, church shopped because we were always hired to go to a church. And so we started church shopping and and I found out about the gospel tab, but Bill Farah told me. He said, you need to go to this church. And we went there, and one of the first things I heard is this idea of family on mission. And that connected so much, because that's what the covenant's about, that we're just not going to church. We have a purpose. We have a mission. Okay. And the last thing here 
is don't take it for granted that your children knows these things. We talk, I, I was so glad that we were talking about these covenants in a public setting because sometimes in church, we don't talk about the whole redemptive story like this. And the covenants, I know we started with Noah, but the covenants from Adam right through to the new covenant is a powerful story how God works and wants us to be a partner with him. And it's a powerful story is that we fall short and the new covenant is about him helping us in that partnership, him making a way. In fact, um, it's a word I like to say. The, the, the John tells us that he became a propitiation for our sin. He, he came and took it away. He took it away. He took it away. He took it away. But there's a caveat. We need to accept it. This covenant is something when we take this communion cup, we're taking it and we're saying we're taking the new, new deal. And when we say that, we're saying, Jesus, come and wash me. Come and cleanse me. You know, he's going to do it, but we just have to accept it. We have to take advantage of it and say this partnership's here. The new deal is here. It's for life. But don't take it. No, that's right. Don't take it for granted that your children will know these things. Um, for years, we processed just different things, sermons our kids heard around the dinner table. And, and sometimes we're talking, and as they started getting older, I'm like, you don't know these things? Why don't you know these things? Because we just think it'll happen. So don't take it for granted that the people around you know the whole covenant story. Don't take it for granted that, that the, the kids in this church, your children, know the whole power of the communion cup. Don't take it for granted. We need to be actively saying these things, not just uh, um, Bree and the workers do a great job down there, but we need to take personal home activity on these things. We need to be talking to our kids about these things. Psalm 78, 4 says this, We will not hide them from our children, telling the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. If you read on in Psalm 78, it says this, that if you are sharing these things with your kids, it will be for their kids also, and for their kids also, for their kids also. We can't just take it for granted that everybody knows that. I can't take it for granted that everyone in this congregation has, has heard these things that I'm talking about today. For many of you, it's like, yeah, I know this. Why are you even talking about it? I know we're a covenant people. I know about the old covenant and the new covenant. I know these things. You say, but I... I know this is sometimes people are at church because their parents want them to be at church. I know this is some people are at church because their spouses want them to be at church. And they're not really connecting. And I challenge anyone in this room, everyone in this room, is to look deep in what you believe. Look deep in what the Word says. Truly dig into this covenant experience. In Jesus' name.
Amen.